Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Lorelai Weissel. And I'm Chris Delano. And I know we did mention that we were gonna be moving on to our Zendikar D&D thing, uh, but here's the thing with uh, tabletop RPGs is you need all your players there in order to play them. So it's only Chris and I this week, so we're obviously not gonna do D&D. Uh, we're gonna hopefully start next week, uh, that's the plan, uh, which gives us time to do an episode we didn't think we would get to do, which is the Flavor Gems of Commander Legends. We just spent the last two weeks talking about the, like, 9,000, I'm, I'm sorry, over 9,000 legendary creatures in this set. That took two episodes to get through, two very long episodes. Now we get to cover the rest of the set and all the non-legendary things that have flavor significance. There are almost as many new cards in this set, as in, like, cards that are brand new to the the entire world of magic um, that aren't legendary creatures, as there are new legendary creatures in this set. It's incredible. There are so many. And since this is a set built around legends from throughout magic history... Uh, our first group of flavor gems are a series of cards that are not legendary themselves, but bear the names of characters from this set. So the biggest one is that we have a cycle at rare. This is based on the mythic partner cycle. So at mythic rare, we have Akroma, Sakashima, Tevisat, Jessica, and Kamal. And then at rare, we have cards Akroma's Will, Sakashima's Will, Zot's Will... Uh, Jessica's will and Kamal's will. And these are all modal cards where you can choose between two powerful two powerful effects and if you have a commander you get to choose both. These these are all neat cards. They get to highlight the abilities and the flavor of these characters. I I love when Magic does cards like this uh, and and we get kind of Yes, we have this cool character in a set, but here's a spell that that character might cast. That kind of stuff. And um, most of these cards aren't particularly uh, exciting, except uh, Jessica's Will uh, is an actual story moment from the past uh, and <laughs> kind of corrects... Um, one of my least favorite things about Time Spiral Block uh, is the Vorthos content, which sounds weird because it's filled with references to Magic's past. One of the things it does terribly is integrate stuff that happens during the story into the set. You know, we have cards for Radha and Teferi and Venser, but that's about it. And otherwise, like, almost nothing that happens in the story appears in card art or flavor text or on a mechanic in the entire Time Spiral block. Um, so Jessica's Will, we finally get one of these moments where Jessica is... Um, closing a time rift, and instead of using her own spark, she is funneling energy through the latent spark inside Radha. And uh, this, this extinguishes Jessica's spark, uh, and which is why she's not a planeswalker. She's just a legendary creature, because she was effectively de-sparked. And um, so we, between the flavor text and, and the art, you can see the energy going into Radha and coming out the other end and into a time rift. And I think that is very awesome that we get that moment depicted i think it's really cool that it makes an hourglass shape yeah because time get it 
yeah. time spiral. Haha. Uh, except I think all that happened in Future Sight. But and whatever. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. And then we have a couple other cards that reference some of the other commanders in the set. We have Kengi's Lieutenant, or I guess for those who speak the British flavor of our tongue, it's Kengi's Lieutenant, even though that's wrong because American <sighs> English is better because we fix a lot of the spelling. Small aside is I hate English as a language. I think it's garbage. It does some things very well, but because of the because of the way it evolved to do some things well, there are a bunch of other things that are just dreadful. Mainly inconsistency of spelling. And uh, Noah Webster went on a whole big thing to try and fix and standardize a lot of English spellings uh, over British English. So, you know, Webster's Dictionary is kind of the legacy of American English and, and our spelling differences. And it's a whole thing. And I really wish that kind of work would continue. But... Do you do you know off the top of your head why they pronounce it lieutenant instead of lieutenant? In, I don't know. Can can I anyone? Don't know. We we fought an entire revolution and then a second war just so we didn't have to care about that kind of stuff. I just want anyone who's listening to please let me know because I've never understood that, and I, at this point, I don't want to Google it. I just want someone to tell me so I can forget about it in like you know a month or so. <laughs> We also get a second Sakashima card. So there's a Sakashima's Protégé, which is one of the Cascade cards that cares about a thing you might Cascade into, which is pretty neat. And then we have uh, Nadir's Nightblade. Uh, this is one of the new characters, um, one, of, one of the elves that was created for the set. We have uh, a lot of mono-black elves in this set because it's they are the, the tribal black-green uh, limited archetype. Which brings us to... The next section of Flavor Gems, which is, Lordy, I am sad Brian can't make it this week because there is so much lore win in this set uh, between reprints and new cards, uh, especially elves. There are uh, not a whole lot of mono black elves, especially ones that do well in Commander. So uh, cards, uh, Briarblade Adept, Exquisite Huntmaster, Eye Blight Colors and Pride of the Perfect are all mono black elf cards. Uh, the Eye Blights here, uh, Eye Blight Colors referring to. Um, so the Lauren Elves believe they are the paragons of beauty, and that every other creature, but especially Bogarts, are uh, so ugly that they have to be killed. Uh, they are they refer to as Eye Blights. Uh, so Pride of the Perfect is the elves in their glamour shot thinking oh we're so pretty and amazing um they're bad people which is why well they're not people they're elves well i mean they're people though they're still people they're just bad people i like that on lorwyn where everything is happy uh the elves are bad but on shadowmoor where everything is nefarious the elves are like the shepherds of peace and tranquility that's a they get to be like the little bit of opposite dualities of the world identities it's cool anyway uh we also have a new kithkin kinsbale courier the uh kinsbale's the largest kithkin city on lorwyn uh i guess city is not the right word they are like little country bumpkin towns they they are the halflings of the world the, the hobbit people's analogs 
Uh, and then we have Flamekin Herald, which is one of the elemental Flamekin. This is uh, from Lorwyn. The, the, these are all from the Lorwyn half. Uh, I do not believe we got any new cards from Shadowmoor. I think uh, I think Kinsbell Courier is like the first new Kithkin printed since like 2008 or something like that. Didn't we get one in Origins? No, that was a reprint. Yeah, I think it's like the first new Kithkin since then. That might be correct. I I just, you know, as a little tangent aside, I love the way that they can use these supplementary sets to revisit worlds that were not particularly popular when they came out, that they have a lot of trouble reintegrating into magic. So like the Kamigawas, the Lorewinds, the uh, Olgratha, um, these worlds that like, you know, have a lot of baggage on them. And so by using them in these supplementary sets, they can kind of build a new identity for them or, you know, hone in on the identity that people really like about the worlds so that when we do eventually revisit a Lorwyn or a Kamigawa, um, we can do it with a fonder memory of the plane than we were left with the first time we were there. So we can kind of expand on it and get a better idea for it just through sort of selectively highlighting it in these sets. Assuming it to return. But but yeah, you know, Kamigawa's gotten a lot of love in uh, Commander products over the years. Uh, it, it's the format that made people pay attention to Kamigawa more. And, um, you know, Lorwyn has been getting its stuff here and there too. Uh, but speaking of planes that weren't terribly well-liked when they released, we have a handful of Ixalan cards too. Uh, Pirates are the other tribal theme in this set. And uh, there's a caveat here that uh, most of the pirates in the set aren't confirmed to be from Ixalan. They are cards that are plain agnostic. Uh, is it really only two? It is two. Wow. Uh, two pirates confirmed from uh, Ixalan, uh, at, at least from the non-legendary side. There's Hull Breacher, which is a merfolk pirate. Uh, I, I don't know if we saw any merfolk pirates in the story. I am pretty positive we did not. I'm pretty I know sure. There, yeah. I know there was a River Herald spy in High and Dry, but uh, yeah, I'll, I I love Hull Breacher because uh, one of the regrets Mark Rosewater always talks about with Ixalan was not doing um, a few cards that overlap in tribes. Um, so you know we didn't get any vampire pirates or merfolk pirates or uh... vampire dinosaurs. <laughs> God, I wish we could get a vampire dinosaur or. Uh like a merfolk that cared about dinosaurs or and, and nothing like that happened but uh here here it is if if you have an ixalan cube put whole breacher in it uh we also have co co coercive recruiter which we know is from ixalan because uh it is a uh, pirate interrogating an ixalan vampire and not interrogating uh <laughs> quote unquote recruiting um pressing into service uh, and then we have Annoyed Altasaur, which is just a ni nice big sauropod friend. Uh, and by friend, I mean it's going to bite you. It's so cute. <laughs> I, I I love that, the art on that card on Annoyed uh, Altasaur. Because it's like trying to eat a little uh, siren. It's very cute. Yeah, I, I'm a big sauropod fan. My my favorite extinct dinosaur genus is Omagosaurus. And, well, I think... I can I can debate internally whether or not Spinosaurus aegypticus has 
leapfrogged it because of a lot of the recent research into its uh, anatomical structure because got talk talk about a thing that was like hey it's just a slightly bigger t-rex with this big sail on its back into oh this was basically an alligator duck but it was also like 50 feet long and uh not not bad for one of the largest predators to ever exist they got big tails or they had because they're all extinct now correct um which is a shame speaking of things with big tails uh do you know what the the things in magic with the biggest tails are the the planeswalkers because they have so many tails about them i'm i'm trying a i'm, I'm trying a segue here um because I, I respect it i'm a big fan of puns i'm proud of you yeah because we got a uh, another flavor gem in the card triumphant reckoning which shows three of our most popular planeswalkers uh in the art we've got uh Ajani, Chandra, and Karn. And it's kind of hard to tell with Ajani and Karn a little bit because they're on the, the edges of this sort of energy thing going on. Um, but you can definitely tell that it's Chandra directly in the center. Yeah, so here's a neat thing about this card, uh, which didn't occur to me at first. I was like, oh, yeah, cool, they put three Planeswalkers. But the three Planeswalkers, I think, are very specifically chosen here. So this is a card that can return all your enchantments, artifacts, and Planeswalkers from your graveyard to the battlefield. And uh, when when you're talking about um, the big recognizable Planeswalkers, you have uh, Chandra representing the Planeswalker card type, Karn representing the artifact card type. But of a, but of the big uh, recognizable Planeswalker characters, Ajani is the only one who's ever really dealt with enchantments in any way. Uh, one of them had a plus ability where you could grab creatures and uh, and enchantments or auras, one of the two. Anyway, uh, so he's kind of like the stand-in for enchantments there. So uh, it's three Planeswalkers that are l- loosely associated with... Uh, those three card types which i think is neat i did not even think about that that is really cool yeah chandra gets to be for planeswalkers because she's one of the most popular characters i think uh a lot of talk especially in the last uh couple of years has been that she's kind of tying jace or potentially leapfrogging jace for the most popular planeswalker which makes sense because she's great she's a disaster i love her I do appreciate the art of this card because it lets you know exactly how wide Karn is. Karn is a very wide boy. He is our wide uh, construct golem. He's very wide. That's what I'm saying. Well, he, here. He, he's like eight feet tall. So, yeah. Oh, well, then in this art, that means Chandra's like seven feet tall. Nah, it's not the <laughs> scale. Nah, Chandra's short. It's great. It's just a little bean. Yeah, uh, speaking of things that are short, uh, the list of creatures that are Amphin (laughs) are very short, and we got a new Amphin in this set. Uh, It is a pirate, too. It's an Amphin mutineer. Um, Amphin are known, as we discussed with a previous episode, uh, to be on Shandalar. Shandalar? Shandalar. Shandaland. And uh, this one is a pirate, which is just, you know, cute. It's an Amphin pirate. It's not a Surakar. Couldn't put a Surakar in this set. Not allowed to have any Surakar in the year we go back to Zendikar. Just not allowed. Yeah, because they're not super popular. Uh, we have a couple cards that are uh, Innistrad themed. 
We have Laboratory Drudge, which is a scob, the uh, Frankenstein-style stitched-together zombies. And then uh, Natural Reclamation, if you look at the art, is uh, a bunch of nature reclaiming a... Uh, I don't know if it's a statue or a gravestone or whatnot, but it's Avacyn's Collar. Uh, I assume this takes place uh, after Eldritch Moon, where the Church of Avacyn has been... Destroyed isn't the word I want to use. Disbanded isn't right either. Abolished isn't correct. My brain is not getting on, on the exact word choice I want, but uh, Avacyn is no longer the archangel that leads the religion. We're going over to Sigarda now, uh, the and the Order of St. Traft. So it's like, hey, we don't need you, Avacyn, anymore. We've, we've found new things. And by new things, I mean old things. It's a whole thing, but it's neat. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan of getting this laboratory drudge. I thought the scobs from Innistrad Block, from at least from the original one, were some of my favorite aspects of Innistrad. It's something I really enjoyed, um, got real into the flavor of those cards. Uh, and so being able to see another one is nice. It's just nice. Feels like coming home. Uh, it's got some wonderful flavor text from Ludovic, who has a fantastic commander card that's representative of Ludovic as we'd expect him to be. It's incorrect. I don't Yeah, that was that card. straight up sarcasm. That, that card is not what I want out of a Ludovic card. And I'm hoping we'll get another Ludovic at some point in time that I think better captures that character. Mm-hmm. Big agree. Uh, real quick, Sphinx of the Second Sun is on Amonkhet uh, pre-Hour of Devastation which is our, uh, I, I think our first card that is goes back to uh, Noctomon in that era. So that's neat. We have a plain agnostic couple of cards here. Uh, so uh, we have two pirates, Azure Fleet Admiral and Crimson Fleet Commodore. Uh, I'm a big fan of alliteration, so I like this dyad. Uh, these are... Uh, Two cards with linked flavor text. It's uh, two two pirates smack talking each other on the high seas, and uh, I I love when flavors text links get to happen. Um, it's hard to do, and I, as a flavor text writer, it's it's hard to get linked flavor text like this. Usually it's going to happen in situations like this where there are two cards that are deliberate mirrors. I didn't work on this set, so I don't know if they were played in this way or if they just ended up this way. So actually, huh. Anyway, hmm. um, <laughs> point is they ended up that way as, as these mirrors and it mirrors this pirate conversation. I, I Stuff like that is really cool, even if it doesn't, um, you know, these if these are on Ixalan, these are not known pirate fleets. So who knows? But uh, I, I love when flavor text gets to do, uh, especially uh, quotes. I, my background is in screenwriting. I love dialogue. This stuff is really fun. I'm going to go ahead and say that they're definitely not on Ixalan, because as far as I'm aware, there were no ogres on Ixalan. And Crimson Fleet Commodore is an ogre, not an orc. Oh, that's valid. I didn't look at its creature type. Uh, it's the one that took me by surprise when I first saw it, because you think it's an orc, but when you look closer, that definitely says ogre on the creature type line, so it's an ogre. Yeah, they're more like onions than orcs anyway. Yeah, they got layers. Uh, or orcs, orcs don't have layers because they're stone fruit. <laughs> um, 
one of my favorite cards uh in terms of little flavor gems is uh elvish doomsayer which is it's like a mirrored elvish visionary which is just so cool in every way the art is sort of a mirror of it um it's got like the same kind of pose as elvish visionary but it looks very sinister uh this is a mono black elf but it is not on lorwyn it is not a lorwyn elf as far as i can tell uh and uh it has like a mirrored ability so elvish visionary enters the battlefield and draws you a card and elvish doomsayer when it dies each opponent discards a card uh, and the flavor text is also a like direct mirror of the elvish visionary flavor text elvish doomsayers is from a tiny doubt the greatest fears grow and flourish may the weeds of your mind be equally fruitful and the elvish visionary flavor text i believe is um from a tiny seed the greatest oh god now i have to look it up typing noises uh from a tiny sprout the greatest trees grow and flourish may the seeds of your mind be equally fruitful so it's just a really cool mirrored flavor text uh elvish visionary is in the set which is you know cool because you can open them up and have both of them in your deck uh-huh and uh yeah just a a little uh little little flavor gem for you there as they call them it's a pretty big one like i i love the time spiral type references like this um you know it's not a surprise that working on modern horizons was just a freaking delight because we got to fill the set you know like a lot of cards were purposefully designed as references to other cards and we got to play around with that a lot and it was a lot of fun um this is this is one of my favorite cards in this set because of that reference i mean i i love elvish visionary uh, i love to aim love draw cards and play creatures and um yeah this is it's so good kudos to whoever put that together I uh, I just realized something that we totally missed earlier when we were talking about uh, the set. So before we move on from Elvish Doomsayer and on to another card uh, and another plane, I do want to go back and say that uh, there is another Ixalan pirate in the set. Fathom Fleet Swordjack is in the set, which is an orc pirate of the Fathom Fleet. That is did, that is Ixalan. Did we miss correct? that? I think we missed that one. So yeah, uh, whatever. We got it counts as a slow ship sailing a dinghy you can't sail a dinghy you row a dinghy doesn't matter move on that's why it got here so slow they tried to sail it wasn't really working there were no sails <laughs> <laughs> mamma mia which is a great segue to fiora the italian play. <laughs> i oh can't God. even do this with the story terrible <laughs> what what are the big bads of the set opposition agent which I don't care about anyone's whining about uh it's actually set on fiora we see the person that has been attacked by this vandal as is uh has a an emblem on their shirt of the uh the black rose of uh marchesa the the rose symbol that she's carried from her assassin days into her queen days so we get uh more more conspiratorial shenaniganry. And I just realized like how good this card is in conspiracy draft because there are like numerous conspiracies that let you search your library for things. Ooh. Yeah, this will get a reprint in the next conspiracy set. Uh Conspiracy 3 Brago's Return. 
honestly, I would love it. Conspiracy Draft is so much fun. I still have a sealed box of the first one to draft at some point. I don't know when. Yeah, that's cool. There's uh, We have another Fiora card, uh, too. Uh, Staunch Throne Guard, which is just a, uh, an artifact creature that makes you the monarch. Uh, because it's uh, a thing we know about already. This card depicts one of the statues from the Conspiracy 2 card, Throne of the High City. And it's just one of these regal statues guarding the throne that has come to life. And that's a cool thing. And it also has the ability to somehow anoint you as the monarch. Because on Fiora, just pretty much anything can make you the king or queen of the city. Just like elves, just the random common elf on the street make you the monarch. Anyways, uh, moving on. Um... Uh, we get a couple of really cool cards from uh, Cons of Tarkir, or excuse me, Dragons of Tarkir, or uh, uh, Tarkir, depending on which way you want to look at it. Um, one of them, the first one, is uh, Rakshasa Debaser, which is sort of a call towards the Rakshasa, who had a sort of shift in their relationship to the world after the Khans fell and we got the Dragon Timeline. I don't think we know for sure if Rakshasa Debaser is from the Khan's timeline or if it's from the Dragon's timeline. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, I'm I'm not certain, which is why I only listed it as Tarkir, but uh, it is a Tarkir creature. Don't know when it's from. It could even be from Fate Reforged. But uh, we we do get a confirmed Khan's creature, which is Frenzied Saddle Brute. This is an orc mm-hmm. uh sorry I, I, was, I was scrolling i was scrolling through the, the uh the the visual the card visuals to, to find it. i couldn't find it um uh this is an orc from the mardu horde um we can place it in the cons timeline because of the shoulder spikes which uh are uh they're not totally lost. They are changed up in uh, the Dragon's Timeline to better uh, act as lightning conductors for Kolagon. But in the uh, in the Khan's Timeline, they are just these big spikes. And the flavor text says the drumbeats of the Horde echo in every heart. The Mardu Horde is is that clan. So we have a, uh, a confirmed Khan's Timeline pal there. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just another thing that we get to do in these supplemental sets is we do get to explore the timelines that don't exist anymore. We get to look at mm -hmm. the cons timeline. We get to look at things that are gone forever, like, you know, Mirrodin and uh, Amonkhet pre-Hour of Dev Devastation. Uh, yeah. And we don't get to do that in the, you know, regular set releases. Um, but some things we do get to look at uh, are... Eldraine, because Eldraine has a card in this set, which is cool. <laughs> and that is uh, a reprint of a very expensive card, Three Visits. Uh, originally printed in the Portal Three Kingdoms set, Three Visits uh, was like a $200 card before it was reprinted at Uncommon in this set, which is just really neat. But the more flavor gem side about it, that thing that we can, we're going to care about on this podcast, because we are a Forthos podcast and not a finance podcast, uh, is that this card features art of some Eldraine fairies kind of just weaving some vines into someone's home. 
That's helpful and pranky. <laughs> it's a helpful prank. Eat your vegetables. I don't trust the fairies on Eldraine at all. I do not trust them to put vines in my home. But it is really cute. The The flavor text is, Those who love the woods only wish to spread its majesty. Very cute little fairies. We have a handful of cards from Ravnica. A couple of them are pretty neutral, uh, but we do have a couple of uh, clan-specific cards. Or clan, geez. Um, my brain's still on Tarkir. <laughs> uh, guild-specific cards. Uh, and uh, we have two cards from my favorite guild, the Simic Combine. We have Biowaste Blob and Finclade Fugitives. So Finclade Fugitive gets to use the Salamander creature type in a non-Amfin <laughs> setting. Uh, or Surakar. The Surakar were also Salamanders. They were not. They were Surakar. They were definitely Salamanders, weren't they? Surakar is its own... Subtype. Oh, oh! Well, now my entire theory is just thrown to the fucking sharks. Excuse me. Wow! Just crack that case wide open there. Why do you think I told you that you were being silly about that? Well, you know, uh, next theory, next theory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to move on from that one and uh, develop another one real quick which is that a uh, wheel of misfortune is also a ravnica card uh, i couldn't get a good enough look at the art i think it's a rakdos card i think so i, I can't am pretty I can't get a clear look the uh the people standing around looking at this wheel are wearing some red and black clothing and uh one of them the one who's in the center uh po- you know potentially about to have the suffering of the wheel of misfortune Looks like they're wearing some Rakdos headgear. Uh, it yeah. also, yeah, it looks kind of like the Black Blade in the art too, which is kind of funny, but I don't think that's what it is. But maybe they made one that looks like it and they're telling the story of Gideon, hence why it's a Wheel of Misfortune. That would be amusing. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't tell if the black and red was because of light and shadow from fire or if it was just like generic torture chambery type stuff i would believe it's a rectos card i can't i haven't i couldn't find a high res art piece um before we recorded yeah that's my theory that one's from ravnica that's my new conspiracy theory i'm gonna i'm gonna champion here it's not really a conspiracy theory if the evidence points to it being true conspiracies can be true uh we know this because we've had two whole sets of conspiracy yeah, that's fair one of my um my other favorite cards from the set, uh, also on, on Ravnica, because there's two lands that we get in the set, one of which is not in the actual set itself, but uh, we get a, a really fun callback to the original Ravnica block's bounce lands um, in the card Guildless Commons, which is a neutral Ravnican card. It is not representing of a guild, and it has the same sort of ability as those original bounce lands. When it enters the battlefield, you have to return a land to your hand. It enters tapped, and it taps for two mana, but in this case, it's just two colorless mana. I love this card so much as someone who has a Kozilek Commander deck. And I, and I love it because we would never see this in any other set, right? Because this card is just bad, right? <laughs> it is very bad. It is, it is just worse than the guild-aligned Karoo lands. And the only reason it's in the set is so that it's available for colorless Commander decks to have a Karoo also. Uh, thank you, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it also tells like a little bit of flavor for Ravnica and it, it fits well into Commander just in general. But 
yeah, no, it is. It is also a colorless Karoo, which I think is just really cute. Uh, we also have Mana Confluence, which is the buy a box promo and shows the Chamber of the Guild Pact uh, as it is sort of being rebuilt, which is just a really nice addition to have is to be able to look in on what's going on in Ravnica now that uh, everything's kind of ended there. Um, it has some great Tesa flavor text. Uh, Ravnica is not its buildings or markets or even its guilds. Ravnica is its people. As long as we're here, we can rebuild the rest. That poor building. <laughs> it has been through so much. <laughs> uh, I, I love that we get more of it. I I expect the next time we're on Ravnica that we see something with the building again, too. I like that it's kind of become part of the visual identity of the plane. But I don't I don't even know where to start with Horizon Stone. This is, this is named for the god of Horizons, Crufix, uh, who is the subject of this card's flavor text, which I'm just going to read because I don't know how to introduce it. So, text is, Crufix once dreamed that he traveled beyond the edge of the world to an unfamiliar land. Curious, he picked up a rock and awoke to find it had followed him from the dream into reality. What? So, uh... You know, there's two ways we can go about this conversation. We can either just leave it at that and move on, or we can talk about the implications of uh, Crufix as uh, a planeswalker. It's not, but he's <laughs> not a planeswalker, right? He's, he just isn't. Like, we, ha we have a creature card for him, right? He's not a planeswalker. He's a god. He's an enchantment creature. This is not something created by Nyx magic. It is not an enchantment artifact, right? So it's not like Crufix dreamed something into existence as if he were a mortal. That's not what happened. Where did it come from? And like, I get, I get that this is this is flavor text in a um, in a mythological setting. This may not be true, right? This is a story, but also, what if it's like? I just have I have a lot of thoughts about what the multiverse looked like in the Rift era. Because, like, here's here's mm -hmm. the thing about Theros. We know literally nothing about Theros beyond Elspeth got there when she was 11. And that's the earliest we know, really, about Theros in terms of relatively recent history. We know, like, a lot of stuff about primordial Theros, like with the Titans and um, Clothis and stuff. But we don't really know what Theros looked like during the Rift Era. The Rift Era was when a lot of wonky stuff was happening in the multiverse. Um, not just to Dominaria, but to a bunch of other planes. Uh, Kamigawa, portals from Kamigawa emptied out into the multiverse, allowing Myojin of Night's Reach to travel around. Souls of the Dead could not leave Ravnica and congregated on this kind of blister plane called Agairum. We had uh, Mirrodin, um, remember if it was Mirrodin or Agentum at the time, but the plane started spouting colored mana. This is, this is when the Lacune... Uh, light and the suns were the at least the first four suns were born uh on mirrodin because of because of the rifts the day night cycle the lauren chattermore cycle go out of sync because of all this all these things metaphysically got weird during the rift era because the multiverse was dying and like especially when it comes to like planar barriers and and, and stuff like that and could during this era a god as knowledgeable as Crufix, like you can't planeswalk in and out of Nyx, but it's part of part of Theros the plane, and but it's also like a subplane. Like 
like it's there's just and like his temple is on the edge of the map or near rivers of ether and like could he just have slightly slipped into another plane unknowingly could something have just been metaphysically fuzzy enough for a one little rock to slip through like that's what's going on in my head with this card and it's amazing to think about uh this is this is the kind of flavor text and the kind of card that like when i when i talk about like ways i love being a vorthos this is the kind of card that i will spend just so much time thinking about in terms of cosmology narrative history metaphysics this is the stuff i love about world building in general and magic specifically so so my takeaway from this is that it seems to me considering the the sort of way that the barrier between different planes was weakened so many times during the rift era it seems really like it makes a lot of sense to think that crufix being who he is being his position in theros just accidentally maybe reached out a little bit and picked up a rock from another plane and that makes actually a lot of sense to me that fits in my understanding of the multiverse cosmology what I think is more interesting is if we just believe that this was post-mending. That would be more interesting to me. But I guess we'll find out someday. It's just, it's so, it's so good. This is one of the gemmiest flavor gems of this set, I think. It is, yeah. It's very good. I also, uh, it reinforces Crufix's relationship to Colorless Mana, which is kind of a thing that we got from his original card. And we've not really thought a lot about. Yeah, this ability is just the ability from Crufix's mm -hmm. uh, god card, uh, which is great also. Like, I love this card so much. Uh, other than the art, because it's Noah Bradley art. Boo! Yeah. Our last Noah art is going to be next year. We're going to have to deal with the fact that some cards were finalized before that decision was made and are going to be printed, which sucks, but it happens. That is the nature of timelines and corporate art. We're almost done here. We have Maelstrom Colossus from Alara. The name and the flavor text from Rajani. Solidify that. Exciting. Has Cascade. Alara. Yay. Most There's <laughs> a lot of Cascade that is not from Alara. There's a lot of Monarch that is not from Fiora. I love when they do that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, we got a... Um, our annoying Altasar has Cascade. So there's a Cascade card from Ixalan in this set, which is just fun. <laughs> yeah. We have a pair of cards. We have Armored Sky Hunter from the Mirren side of Mirrodin. These are uh, the Leonin Road huge um, huge dinosaurs called Terrans. Um, did Terran Ghost get errata? Hell yeah, it did. I couldn't remember if it did or not. Uh, Terran Ghost is now a dinosaur spirit, so the Terrans are officially dinosaurs. Mirrens are probably mostly dead by now, if not all dead, if not just tiny pockets of resistance in the Furnace Layer. There are probably no Sky Hunters left. Oh, definitely not. Uh, Frexian Triniform, which is this huge new Frexian robot that dies into smaller robots. It's a big 9 9 that dies into a bunch of 3 3s, and then you encore the 9 9, which then gets you a whole bunch more 3 3s. It's a very cool card. Um, but I, I, I just love seeing new Frexia stuff appear again. And you know what's really great about seeing new Frexia stuff reappear? Uh, there's another new Frexian card in the set that you missed when we were going through the original list. And that's Profane Transfusion. Was that confirmed? A new well, it's got flavor text from Keskit, the Flesh Sculptor. 
So I'm going to assume that this is depicting some new Phyrexian. Yes. It looks to me like it is Norn's, uh, Norn-like structures in the background, but it's kind of hard to tell until we get better look at the art. And it's got sort of those Norn-esque porcelain-like figures in it, too. Definitely new Phyrexian. It's got a, those that fall short of perfection can still contribute to the great work. Hell yeah. Kesket the Flesh Sculptor. Love the Phyrexians. They are just accepting of all body types. Uh, as long as they're not made of flesh. <laughs> we have a reprint of Mindless Automaton with uh, new art from Kaladesh, which is very exciting. And uh, another new art reprint that, um, a new flavor text reprint that I forgot to put on the list is Vow of Lightning, which has a new quote from Jared Carthalian. And uh, I don't know if the art is supposed to be depicting him or not, but... Um, it's new art for Vow of Lightning, so that's cool. There's also uh, new art for the new card, Vow of Torment, which uh, is brand new. So it's not new art for a card, um, but it is a black vow, and it has uh, some flavor text from Tevish Sot. Peace is a privilege you haven't earned. I love Tevish so much. Um, Good, we have two more cards left. One of them is a cycle of cards, and one of them is a card that includes a cycle of cards. That um, includes a God, uh... I have all of them listed here, and I can go through them if you want me to. Yeah, let's talk talk about Ingenuity Engine. All right, so this card is kind of a mess, but it's also beautiful. So it is an artifact, and in the artifact's art, it contains references to some of the most popular artifacts in Commander. So it is, it's got like this amalgamation of things, and in the art you can clearly see, uh, and here are the ones that I can clearly see. Um, you've got, of course, it's all resting on top of a mana vault. Uh, you have a broken commander sphere. You have a sensei's divining top. You can see a behemoth sledge, the original soul ring, classic soul ring art in there. Uh, you have this sword of body and mind, a sword of feast and famine. You have uh, the rings of bright hearth. You have a dark steel ingot. If you look closely, you can see at the top, it looks like a Vidalcan orrery. It's being circled by a door to nothingness. There is a skull clamp cleverly attached to some sort of floating orb. Uh, there is, if you look very hard, uh, an illusory mask, which doesn't really see commander play, but it's got pretty iconic art. And yeah, that's that's a uh, that's all of them I can I can make out. Some people have found some other things, and I don't I don't know if I see it necessarily, but uh, some people say they see the Marari in this art. That might be the Marari, but it's it's really hard to tell could just be anything i love that we got two sort of feast and famines we've got the uh <laughs> the mirrored the scars block art and then we have the kaladesh invention art this is i i love when pieces do this this is this is probably not an artifact that actually exists in the multiverse this doesn't oh, feel like a card that is like a real thing it's like a card that exists it's like a meta card right that's like hey we're gonna reference a bunch of other things and i love when magic does this just takes a bunch of iconic things and images from across a bunch of planes and shoves them into one piece as kind of a, a treasure hunt. It's a whole bunch of fun. I This is great. We're at the end. The enemy duels. I don't know what the catchy nickname for these are. Uh, the, uh, these, these are the Kylum, the, the battle bond duels that care about your opponents. Uh, we have the enemy colored cycle here. Uh, so the, these are all once again set on Kylum. Uh, but uh, one in particular, Vault of Champions, the white-black one, has a uh, a bunch of statues of the people who have won the uh, the duels on Kylum. And 
the one closest to us depicts two people, uh, Rowan and Will Kenrith, which is, I, I guess, the, the first sign that they have actually succeeded in one at a game. So I'm proud of them. Lorelai, we, we call them the Tango Lands because they, they only come untapped if you have two or more opponents. Yeah, takes two to tango. <laughs> and that's the end of the show this week. So final thoughts, Lorelai? Uh, my final thought is that Chris is fired. Oh, my final thought is that I'm fired. <laughs> um, not true. You're, you're not fired. Uh, but I just, I'm tired. Go to patreon.com slash thevorthoodcast. Give us money. You can get on our Discord. You can listen to us live at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursdays. Cool. We love you people. Really, really selling that Patreon this week. Um, next week, we hopefully will be starting d and I've got an adventure on Zendikar for our old friends uh, Ruse, Bindarin, and Smurt. And uh, you're probably not going to die. Probably. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.